0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter eight. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: You know, the funny things that kids say the funny things that kids talk about and what they think. Listen at this. This is true. Uh, The child's name is Danny Dunstan. And here are some of Danny Dunstan's innocent thoughts about God. He writes, One of God's main, main jobs is making people. He makes these to put in place of the ones that die so there'll be enough people to take care of the things on the earth. He doesn't make grown-ups, just babies. I think it's because they are smaller and easier to make. (laughs) That way, he doesn't take up his time teaching them to walk and talk. He can just leave that up to mom and dad. I think that works out pretty good. God's second most important job is listening to prayers. An awful lot of these go on as some people, like preachers, pray at other times besides bedtimes. (laughs) Amen. God doesn't have the time to listen to radio or TV on account of this. As he hears everything, including prayers, there must be a terrible lot of noise going into his ears. Unless he had thought of a way to tune it out. God sees everything, he hears everything, and is everywhere, which keeps him pretty busy. So you shouldn't go wasting time by going over your parents' head by asking for something that they said you couldn't have. Atheists are people who don't believe in God. I don't think there aren't any in our city. At least there aren't any that come to our church. (laughs) If you don't believe in God, besides being an atheist, you'll be very lonely because your parents can't go everywhere with you like God can. It's good to know he's around when you're scared of the dark or you can't swim very good and you get thrown into the real deep water by bigger kids. (laughs) But you shouldn't just think of what God can do for you. I figure God put me here and he can take me back at any time he pleases. And that's why I believe in God. (laughs) Isn't that cute? That's too cute. I love it. And Lord, this morning, we believe in you, God. We bless you today. We thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for us. Lord, we thank you that you sent your spirit to live in us. And God, we pray that you would speak to us now by your spirit. Give us exactly what we need in these next few moments. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people agree and said, Amen. If you've been with us, you know that we have been giving your attention. In the book of Romans, it's been a couple of weeks, two weeks, that we have been out of the book of Romans. So let me just kind of recap things for you. Let's go back so we can go forward together. So far, we've covered chapters 1 through chapter 8, verse 5. In chapter 1, if you got a pen and you're taking a few notes here, chapter 1 through chapter 3, verse 20, Paul's been talking about man's lost condition. And then in chapter 4, if you've been with us, you know, Paul uses the life of Father Abraham and King David as examples of those who have lived by faith and those who are justified. And then in chapter 5, we talked about the benefits of justification. Chapter 6, we talked about the freedom that we have in Christ. Remember, we talked about the freedom that we have. We are free from the power and the penalty of sin. Isn't that good news? We're free from the power and the penalty Of sin, And then in chapter seven, we talked about we're not only free in chapter six from the power and the penalty of sin, but also in chapter seven, we're free from the law. And because we've been freed from the law, we are now free to live in the newness of life. Now, although we are free, listen, to live in the newness of life and not in the oldness of the letter, Paul said there in chapter seven, we still have, although we've got this new life in the spirit, we still have this thing called the flesh to deal with. There's still a battle going on. There's still spiritual warfare that we all have to deal with. But even as we are walking in this life and dealing with the flesh and struggling to be more like Christ, and sometimes we fall and we get up and we fall and we get up. Paul reassures us in Romans chapter eight, verse one, Go ahead and peek at it. Romans chapter eight, verse one. There is therefore now what, saints, no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So last week we talked about that. Pardon me. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. We left off in verse five. We'll pick up today in verse five as Paul begins to talk about now. Watch this, saints, spirit living. I love this chapter, as I said earlier, because I think there's no more important topic, then Christians can discuss than the Holy Spirit living within you. Because you can't live without the Holy Spirit. And what, more than two people agree with that? You can't. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, he said, when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to live with you. He's going to abide with you. The paraclete, not the parakeet. Got it? Got it. The paraclete, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And he's going to live within you. Paul's going to talk about that. This morning in verses 5 through 11, Paul is now talking about the carnal mind versus the spiritual mind. The carnal person versus The spiritual person that's what we'll talk about spirit living Romans chapter 8 we pick up in verse 5 we'll read through 11 and I'll come back and have some comments Romans chapter 8 verse 5 if you're looking at it say amen for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit they set their minds on what saints the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Underline that. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh, remember verse 8, what? Cannot please God, but you Christian are not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, get this, he is none of his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Here in chapter eight, Paul uses the word spirit 21 times and at least 18. Are you listening of that 21 times that Paul uses the word spirit? 18 of them refer to the Holy Spirit. There are more references in chapter 8 to the Spirit than in any of Paul's writings. Chapter 8 is Paul's fullest discussion on the new life in the Spirit. So look at verse 1 in your Bibles again. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ who do not walk after the Spirit or according to the flesh, pardon me, but they walk according to the Spirit. And then fast forward to verse five. Look at that again. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. Now, Paul, listen, give me your attention. Paul is giving us an easy way to know if a person is walking in the spirit or if a person is walking in the flesh. Very simple. How do you know, Rodney? Very simple. Where is your mindset? Where is your mindset? You see, when you're living in the flesh, a person living in the flesh, you have a fleshly frame of mind. You have a mental course towards sin. When you're living in the flesh, you have a mental course towards sin like a bug is drawn to a light. I was coming home the other night. Got to my front door, and there were bugs all around my light. I looked at those bugs. I said, see, there's some people I know. (laughs) They're drawn to sin, just like a bug is drawn to light. You have a fleshly frame of mind. Not only do you have a fleshly frame of mind, but you also have a fatal future when you're living in the flesh. You see, a fatal future, you're on a road that's leading to eternal separation from God. When you're living in the flesh, you are hostile toward God. When you're living in the flesh, you don't have the ability to obey and please God. When you're living in the flesh, listen, there's an inability, are you listening, to understand the things of God. People who are not Christians cannot understand God's word. We shouldn't expect them to. You don't expect people who are not Christians to live like Christians because they're not Christians. And no matter what you say, they can't obey God. They don't have it in them. The only reason you can obey God is because you have the spirit living in you. Because before you had the spirit living in you, you couldn't obey God. And nobody could tell you anything different. You can't even understand the things of God. What do you mean, Rodney? First Corinthians chapter two, verse 14 says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because what they are spiritually discerned. The natural man cannot understand the things of the spirit. Now, in contrast to living in the flesh, when you're living in the spirit, you have a fresh frame of mind. If you gave your life to Christ, are you listening? If you gave your life to Christ last week, do you know the moment you gave your life to Christ, the spirit of God was deposited in your life. And now you have a fresh frame of mind, like a new hard drive. You get me? You know, you get your hard drive clean. It's all fresh. Now you can put stuff on it. You can put God's word in your mind. Now you've got a fresh frame of mind, a new course toward righteousness, a desire to conform to Christ. When you're living in the spirit, you go from being an enemy with God to being an adopted child of God. When you're living in the spirit, you become spirit empowered. And the same spirit, watch this, that raised up, fast forward to verse 11, the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives in you. Yesterday, Elvira and I were just sitting on the couch It was kind of a cloudy day And we're just chilling Just got the word out And I started reading this And I thank God for the Holy Spirit And I thank God that every time you read the word You get something different out of it I've been teaching the Bible for 20 years The stuff I'm reading, I'm going, I did not know that was in there And these are books I've already taught, by the way And I'm going, wow Man, that's in the Bible, look at that Where would that come from? Been there for 2,000 years. Oh, could have had a V8. I mean, you know, I mean, you don't really get it. Am I the only one that like see stuff and it's like they didn't? All right, three people. Amen. Amen. That's great. I'm reading the Bible with a fire yesterday and I'm reading verse 11 and then look at it. Fast forward. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give your life. Your life, your mortal body, give you life through his spirit. The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives in God's people. That's powerful. God's word. That's awesome. You take, take a minute and let that marinate. I'm wait. It's amazing. The same spirit. And get this. That same spirit, the Bible says, get this, talking about the spirit of God, the spirit of God, according to verse 11, raised Christ from the dead. We know from the scriptures also that God, the father raised Christ from the dead. Jesus said of himself, destroy this temple in three days and I will raise it up from the dead. What we have and what we learn from scripture is that Jesus is God. What we learn from scripture is that the father, the son and the Holy Spirit all work together synergistically it's your word for today together in raising Christ from the dead. Jesus is God. Look at verse nine. Look at this book at this point. This blew me away yesterday. Look at verse nine. You're looking at it. Say, I'm looking at it, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed watch this, the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of who Christ, What do we have? What is this, Rodney? It is a very clear declaration of the deity of Jesus Christ. Paul makes it clear. The spirit of Christ and the spirit of God are the same. Thus making Jesus Christ God, if you understand, say amen. Amen. Interesting little nuggets, pearls that we uncover as we study and as we read the scriptures. So Paul says to be carnally minded in verse six is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That word carnal mind. If you take notes and you're writing in your Bible, you can write this in a margin. It literally means fleshy or fleshly mind. A carnal fleshly person is someone who lives for their flesh and by their flesh. Well, Not only can people be carnal, but get this. Whole churches can be carnal. Did you know that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth? First Corinthians was written because the church in Corinth was carnal. They were fleshy. They were nuts. They were out of control. They had people speaking in tongues and division and interpretations and everybody was doing all kinds of crazy things. They were coming to the table of the Lord and taking communion and just eating the bread and drinking the wine and getting drunk. And Paul said, what, don't you have any food at home? (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Paul said, you need to go home and eat. They were nuts. Paul said you are carnal. First Corinthians chapter three, verse one. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual, but as carnal as babes in Christ. Paul says I couldn't talk to you as spiritually mature people because you are fleshly and you act like spiritual babies in the church. And then in Galatians in the book of Galatians the church of Galatia some of those churches in the region of Galatia were carnal as well Galatians chapter 3 verse 1 O foolish Galatians who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit are you now being made perfect in the flesh the church in Galatia was carnal because they kept trying to lean back on the law. They kept trying to go back under the law. And Paul said, going back under the law is fleshly going back under the law is carnal to be carnally minded. The scripture says is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Here's the contrast, death and war, life and peace. The result of living according to the flesh is death and hostility. The result of living according to the spirit is life and peace. Saints, listen, God wants to give people life and peace. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And what that more abundantly? Don't y'all know that Jesus said, I came to give you life and what he came to give us life and peace. And I'm amazed. Get this. I'm amazed that I don't understand why people are so angry with Jesus I don't understand why people don't accept this message. This is the best message the world has ever heard. That Jesus came to give life. I challenge you. Go over to the mall. Do some law witnessing. Go tell people. Walk up to them and say, you know what? Hey, I got got to tell you something. I've discovered UFOs. People will listen. You tell people, oh, I've got a new diet. All fat diet. People will go, really? Tell me more. <laughs> I'm an all-carbohydrate diet. Oh, I've got the newest, latest nip, tuck, and stretch. You will look like a new person. People will listen. You tell them, oh, i got the new realization, the new meditation. You can go up on the mountain and study your navel <laughs> and become like, God, really? Tell me more. You walk up to them and say, you know what? I want to tell you about Jesus who came to give you life and peace. They're out of here. They don't want to hear that. Why? Why don't they want to hear it? Because, listen, first of all, I'll tell you why. Number one, because there's power in the name of Jesus. Number one. Number two, because Jesus' name means Savior. And Savior, watch this, means the S word, sin. And sin means the D word. Death and death means the H word and it ain't heaven. (laughs) Death means hell and and, and hell. The H word means the R word repent and people don't want to repent. And Jesus said it like this in John chapter three, verse 19, Jesus said in this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men agape, darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. You see, the reason they won't come to the light, the reason why they reject this message is because their deeds are evil because they know. And everyone knows, listen, if you come to Jesus and give your life to Jesus, that means your evil deeds will be brought to the light. If you give your life to Jesus and you come to him, it is a declaration that you are a sinner and you need forgiveness. And the carnal mind wants nothing to do with that. That's why the carnal mind is death. The carnal mind is enmity. The carnal mind is antagonistic toward God. Look at verse 7 again, will you? Paul says the carnal mind. Did you notice in verse 7 I had you, I pointed it out. Look at verse 7. The carnal mind is enmity. You see that? I want you to notice he didn't say the carnal mind is at enmity. He said the carnal mind is enmity. Enmity. This word enmity literally means the extreme ill will or hatred toward your enemy. Extreme ill will or hatred toward your enemy. Paul didn't say the carnal mind is at enmity. He said the carnal mind is enmity. In other words, listen, listen, you got to get this. It's this strips away to say the carnal mind is enmity strips away any possibility of somebody saying, listen, I'm not opposed to God. I'm not against God. I mean, God, he's all right. I mean, I, I don't dislike him and I don't like him. I mean, Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I ain't got nothing against God. I mean, me and the man upstairs, I mean, he does this thing. I do my thing and we don't fight and we got no enmity. We've got no ill will toward each other. Listen, you may not have nothing against God, but God has something against you. Who stand back and say well you know what I'm, I'm just good with God everything's like nice. you're a Christian oh yeah that's great that's good you're a Christian but you know I don't have anything wrong with God listen the Bible says that you are at war with God if you're not a believer the carnal mind is enmity toward God you know we think that we're standing in the middle you're never standing in the middle not when it comes to the gospel are you listening? You're never standing in the middle when it comes to the gospel. The carnal mind is enmity toward God. The Prince of Preachers, C.H. Spurgeon, said it, said it like this. He said, it is not at enmity, but enmity itself. It is not black, but blackness. It's not corrupt, but corruption. It's not rebellious, it's rebellion. It's not wicked, it's wickedness itself. It is not just deceitful, it's positively deceit. The carnal mind is against God. And so they that are in the flesh, look at verse 8 in your Bibles, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. No matter how many trees they hug, no matter how many spotted owls they save, no matter how many jerry kids they help, no matter how many hospitals you build, You cannot please God in the flesh. I don't care if your mother, Teresa, herself, you go to Calcutta and lay your life down for all the people of India. If you don't know God, the Bible says your fleshly efforts cannot please God. Now, here's why. Simply this. Here's why. Because if you try to please God in your flesh, in the things that you do, in your religious activity, you are saying to God, your sacrifice of your son was not enough. You're saying to God, well, you know what? Jesus died and all that. But you know what? I got to add something to that. Danger will rob us in danger. <laughs> you can't add anything to the grace of God. Remember, grace here's the equation. Grace plus nothing equals salvation. And you start saying, well, Jesus died plus this, you're telling God the death of his only begotten son wasn't enough for you. So you have got to add something to this whole salvation thing? Not. That's why your fleshly efforts cannot please God. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. But you're not in the flesh. Somebody say, Amen. You're not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in. In you, look at the rest of verse nine. Now, if anyone doesn't does not have the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Saints, listen close. In other words, if you don't have Christ in you, you don't belong to Jesus.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina.